Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Lowe. MTSU's master's degree in library science program is moving through the American Library Association's accreditation process. In fact, it has now reached the pre-candidacy status. We'll find out what that means with our guest, Dr. Frank Lambert, Assistant Professor of Educational Leadership and Director of the program. We have a library. What does it take to produce the librarians to staff it and other libraries after this? Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Tennessee's housing report data for the last quarter of 2020 generally show positive growth in Tennessee's economy, with the housing market seeing strong upswings in single-family permits and tax collections, increased closings and home prices, and lower inventories. The MTSU Business and Economic Research Center's statewide report for the fourth quarter tracked positive trends among key economic indicators, as noted by report author Murat Arik, director of the center. In home sales, closings increased for both the quarter and year in all three of the state's grand regions. Memphis had the most substantial increase over the quarter at 7.2%. Nashville and Knoxville followed with quarterly increases of 5.8 and 5.3% respectively. The highest jump year over year was seen in Knoxville with an 18.9% increase followed by Nashville and Memphis. Home prices statewide increased by 7% year over year, while home prices in the U.S. increased by 6%. And organizers are seeking sponsors and participants for the 2021 Martin Chair of Insurance Golf Tournament, set for Monday, April 19th at Grove Golf Course, located in College Grove, Tennessee. The 37th Annual Golf Tournament is the only fundraiser for student scholarships within MTSU's nationally recognized Risk Management and Insurance Program within the Jennings A. Jones College of Business. Led by Dave Wood, the program was ranked best in the nation last year among industry professionals, according to a survey by the global ratings agency AM Best. The program transitioned from a concentration to a full major five years ago when Wood came to the university as the new Martin Chair of Insurance. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Frank, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Before we get into the ALA process, let's talk a little bit about the general requirements of a master's degree in library science. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, well, um, our program in particular is a 36 credit hour program. Uh, so it takes 12 courses to, uh, a student has to complete successfully to become a librarian. Um, 10 of those classes are 100% online uh, courses, uh, which is really uh, a good selling point for our, our program. Um, and then the two remaining classes are hands-on field experiences. Uh, one of the neat things about our program is that regardless where you're located, either in the state or across the United States or quite literally around the world, uh, you take the courses online at times that are convenient for you because our courses are asynchronous. Uh, and then you set up your field experiences wherever you're located. So it doesn't matter if you're in Clarksville, uh, if you're in California or wherever, uh, you can set up a field experience at a library near where you live 
uh, and you can uh, minimize your travel and generally uh, minimize the disruption in your personal and professional lives uh, by uh, pursuing this degree through, through our uh, particular program. And what would the curricula include? Well, um, there, we have five courses that are core courses, uh, and they cover kind of the basics of librarianship. Um, so we do have a course that studies librarianship very generally, uh, the history of libraries, et cetera. Uh, we have a course in reference librarianship. So that's the librarian that sits at the desk that helps uh, people find the information they're seeking. Uh, course in information organization, which is the um, creation of a, a a library catalog, the records that go in it, that sort of thing. Uh, we also teach research methods uh, because not only do librarians have to understand how to find good information, uh, but in many cases too, they're also producers of information, especially librarians who end up in academic libraries. Part of their job requirement is to actually create original research and publish. And as a result, they earn tenure. So our librarians, for example, at uh, Walker Library on campus, they're no different than myself or any other faculty member on campus. Uh, they have an expectation to produce uh, research. So that's why we also teach that class as well. And we also have a, a class in information technology. Uh, information technology has really turned uh, the profession on its head, um, you know, especially with the World Wide Web. Technology really is a tool when it comes to librarianship, but it's a very valuable tool. Um, so we, we, we don't want to conflate the two uh, sorts of uh, um, aspects of librarianship, uh, information technology, and information uh, seeking, information organization, that sort of thing. But it's still a very important component of it. So as a result, uh, we do have a course in information technology that all uh, students are required to take. And then after that, um, students can kind of go in a variety of different paths. They can uh, take courses that uh, allows them to specialize in school librarianship, courses in public librarianship, so it's your, your local community library that you find in your, in your city or municipality, and then also academic librarianship, uh, where if a student wants to work uh, at a university library, um, we do have uh, courses that we can recommend that students take for that. And when it comes to those uh, hands-on courses, uh, would they have to be done regardless of where the individual is geographically? at a college level library, or um, could it be at a municipal library? Could it be at a, a high school library? Is there any restriction on that? Um, for the field experiences, there are some restrictions, especially if you're, um, if you're a school librarian or wish to become a school librarian. Um, we, uh, as part of the College of Education, we're accredited uh, just like the colleges through NCATE. Uh, and uh, as a result, um, we have to uh, sorry, we have those accreditation standards we have to deal with as well as state standards as well. And um, the state requires that any students who are seeking an endorsement to become a school librarian uh, complete their, um, their field experiences in school libraries. Um, however, uh, if you wish to be a public librarian or an academic librarian, then you can go to a variety of different uh, libraries. And in fact, we, we split up each of our field experiences where 60 hours is hands-on. So that would be specifically in the type of library that you want to work in once you've graduated. And then the remaining 40 hours, we ask that you uh, go into at least three different types of libraries for observation. So that could be any combination of school, public or academic libraries, doesn't matter. But then that also gives the student a certain degree of breadth 
of hands-on experience, uh, at least through observation, uh, so they can anticipate the sorts of different sorts of challenges and opportunities that other libraries may encounter that they may not necessarily encounter immediately after graduation, but they may encounter some point down the road. We'll take a break right here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East-centered MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Dr. Frank Lambert is our guest. He's an Assistant Professor of Educational Leadership and Director of the Master's Degree in Library Science Program, uh, which has achieved pre-candidacy status with the American Library Association. How did our program get started, Frank? Where did the idea come from? Uh, well, uh it actually got started in uh, the early 2000s. Uh, it was originally a master's of education uh, degree program. It was a master's of education in educational library, sorry, educational leadership with a concentration in library science. Um, however, um, our, our then current uh, program coordinator or director at the time um, discovered that a lot of uh, the graduates of that particular degree option we're starting to be hired by other libraries uh, because we're, we're almost exclusively a, a school librarian preparatory program. Uh, but then some of our graduates started getting hired by uh, public libraries, uh, the odd one at academic libraries. Uh, so uh, in 2016, um, we switched from being a master's of education with a library science co uh, concentration to a full master's of library science program. So it's actually, a, it's actually, a, um, in some ways, it's a, it's a very new program, at least at the degree level. Um, we were always online, though, uh, and that was always the intention too. It would be online. Uh, so of course, we've also established very strong relationships with other departments on campus. Uh, obviously, especially MTSU online, they've been a huge supporter uh, for us, uh, along with, the, of course, the College of Graduate Studies as well, uh, and. Both, uh, both of their involvement in our program has uh, really helped us in terms of our, our moving towards accreditation with the American Library Association. And the largely online nature of it is especially fortuitous in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Absolutely. And uh, I, can, uh, <laughs> I, I can say it's had a real impact, a really positive impact, unfortunately, uh, on, our, um, on our enrollment. Um, I have a feeling that perhaps some people who have unfortunately um, been perhaps laid off or furloughed from their jobs are now uh, looking at uh, new educational opportunities while they're in that particular, temp hopefully temporary status. Uh, and they're looking at the Masters of Library Science program uh, as a potential 
way of improving their educational credentials so that when we hopefully get back to a more normal environment, uh, then they have, they're ready to uh, start a new career. And so we're at the pre-candidacy stage of the ALA process. Uh, take us through the steps and tell us exactly what pre-candidacy status means and what further steps MTSU has to reach in order to achieve total accreditation. Sure. Uh, we're, we're heading right into the first of three steps, actually. Um, so there's three steps, pre-candidacy, candidacy and then full accreditation. Um, Pre-candidacy is an opportunity for us to establish uh, certain reporting uh, procedures, uh, data gathering procedures, etc. about the program that we can report to uh, the American Library Association to show them that we are committing to certain standards and uh, that we're prepared to continue uh, addressing those standards. Once uh, the American Library Association is comfortable that we are on the right path, we move on to candidacy status. Um, candidacy is almost like a probationary type of period. Um, and the reason why I refer to it that way is that if an already accredited ALA accredited program, um, when they go up for their accreditation review, um, miss a few standards, then they're put into probation, which is essentially what candidacy is. And then it gives, um, uh, basically gives the program a chance to dot some more I's, cross some more T's, uh, and uh, reassure the American Library Association that uh, basically what happened in the reporting period was a bit of an aberration and that the program is back on track and, and has recommitted itself to, to the American Library Association uh, standards. And then once you've made it through candidacy, then you become a fully accredited program. And then you do not have to report uh, any data about the program, except for some very minor annual statistical reports um, for seven years. You go up for reaccreditation every seven years. So that's part of the cycle. Uh, now, as it pertains to our students, um, any of our students, uh, once you are in candidacy status, um, then uh, any students who graduate during that time period uh, can claim that their degrees are accredited once we have moved on to uh, becoming accredited. The sooner we get into candidacy status, then uh, the more students we will have uh, graduating from the program will be able to make that claim about their uh, degree. Do you have a particular timeline that you're looking at with uh, you know, estimated uh, times at which to reach certain benchmarks and such? I hope to uh, get uh, have our program into candidacy status uh, in about two years time, perhaps even a little bit sooner. Um, I, I don't want to sacrifice the quality of the program just to um, have that uh, particular status though. Uh, we're still building up a certain aspects of the program. Uh, we're trying to make the academic librarianship uh, part of it uh, a little stronger as well. You can only keep so many balls in the air at one time, right? But I believe once we get into candidacy status that we could probably become accredited, accredited within about a year following that. I might have my own personal timelines and goals for the program. I also have to contend with the American Library Association's own particular case uh, as well. 
And how many uh, students do you anticipate the program accommodating if it is ALA approved? Is there a cap or uh, it, is that flexible? Uh, it is completely flexible. Uh, prior to uh, coming to MTSU, I was at the Kent State University's School of Library and Information Science and they had over 600 students as part of their program. Uh, they were the third largest uh, library science program in the United States. Uh, San Jose State has over 2,000 students in their 2,000, I beg your pardon, I believe it's between 1,000 and 2,000. It's the largest library science program. Um, so really, we can accommodate as many students as we wish. Uh, but also, too, I'd like to keep an eye on the market. Um, we also have some uh, competitors close by uh, that I also try and keep an eye on. Uh, there's a, uh, we have uh, library information science schools, obviously in Kentucky, Alabama, and then, of course, at uh, University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not a big believer in turning our program into a degree mill. Ideally, though, I would like to see us have at least 100 students, if not more. And we're not that far from that goal as it is right now. So the, the American Library Association accreditation, it, it would certainly help, uh, but we already do have a very good quality program. Uh, I just want to take it up to the next level. And considering all the challenges to the financial challenges that the university faces, and of course all the programs within the university will be facing through the declining revenues from the state, I'm not crying into my milk too much here. It's just, it's, it's a good, good thing to have. Time to take another break. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about MTSU's master's degree in library science program with the director of the program, Dr. Frank Lambert, an assistant professor of educational leadership. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, the technological innovations earlier that have changed what it means to be a librarian. How else has the job of a librarian changed over the years? Um, I think one of the really big things, uh, and um, some of my research too has been involved in this, uh, has to do with information literacy, uh, especially as it pertains to finding uh, and using reliable sources of information. With the World Wide Web, obviously, uh, pretty much anybody who has a computer and an internet connection can become a a creator of knowledge. Uh, now, of course, the question is whether or not it's, it's good knowledge. Um, so really trying to help people find that, that knowledge has become a, a, quite a challenge. Just because there's information out there does not mean that it, it's, it's going to be helpful. And in fact, in some ways, it can be very harmful. Our profession has um, 
uh, codes of ethics, and um, especially uh, for the Medical Library Association, which is kind of like a sister association of the American Library Association, um, they have a very strict ethics uh, if you're a medical librarian or if you work in a library that's in a hospital or other uh, sort of uh, similar organization, you, you're, you're counseled and expected to provide information but not necessarily provide it uh, in a way where you're trying to lead people in certain ways. So that, that has definitely been, uh, I think, a big challenge, especially with the advent of the internet and the World Wide Web and everything in that regard as well. Um, obviously, the other thing too, um, I think, is that uh, libraries, especially public libraries, uh, are becoming more like social services agencies where um, we deal with all sorts of um, social issues that we were not necessarily trained to necessarily look after. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, uh, people coming in um, looking for, you know, things like uh, health insurance. Um, perhaps uh, a woman uh, and her children uh, who need a shelter, uh, a homeless person who's looking for a meal and a place to spend the evening, all those sorts of things. What we're starting to see now in public libraries, especially the larger public libraries, uh, is the hiring of social workers as part of the library staff. The San Francisco Public Library has, has taken this route. Uh, Melbourne Public Library in Australia has also done that as well. Uh, so one of the initiatives that I'm working on, in addition to uh, American Library Association accreditation for the MLS program, is I'm working with the Masters of Social Work Department here on campus to see if we can establish a dual degree option in a Masters of Social Work, Masters of Library Science. So that, uh, for example, a, a public library uh, in Shelbyville or uh, in Eagleville, they obviously do not have the resources to hire a dedicated social worker. However, they might have the resources to hire a dual degree graduate who has a social work and a library science background, uh, allowing that person to wear a variety of different hats and uh, offer even more assistance uh, to the uh, community. So I think that's gonna be an, another area where um, libraries are going to uh, start having a, a more prominent role. And so really uh, as educators in library science, it's, it's really our role to help prepare students for that. And uh, also I, I think too, it helps make them more hireable. Uh, and of course, ultimately, uh, part of the reason why I'm, I'm in this position uh, is that I want to help people realize their dreams. The uh, social worker concept is particularly uh, intriguing. It's a very communitarian idea. And uh, it occurs to me that if you could make libraries uh, a social hubs of the communities they serve, once again, that that can only help to further and promote uh, a, a kind of an appreciation of learning and knowledge that has suffered a, a little bit, I think, in recent decades. Some things like summer reading programs and um, basically trying to become, um, I guess, more intellectually tied into the community um, and, and, and being a source of good information is perhaps something that we should kind of reestablish a bit, I think, in public libraries. Starting in the early 70s, libraries started to become um, not only uh, holders of books and, and all those other sorts of materials, 
but then they also started to establish community information resource centers. The idea was that uh, the library was a place that you could go to to find where is the government agency to deal with this particular issue, you know, or, you know, I, I lost my wallet. Um, what do I need to replace um, all of the contents in my wallet? So you go to the library and they direct you, you know, to the driver's license bureau, to the social security administration building, all those other things and help you get things organized in that regard as well. So I, I mean, the library has already been wearing lots of hats and I think we're, we're well accustomed to it. It's, I think, getting to the point where really um, being more involved from a social uh, aspect, I, I think we're ripe for it. As long as the funding's there and we also have remainder code of ethics, or, or sorry, remember a code of ethics. So, uh, you know, again, you kind of have to bear in mind that there are some limitations to what you can and cannot do. And um, I, I think as long as you remember that and you stay true to that, that you can still help a lot of people. And uh, definitely the library is there to help people. Public library here was closed for several weeks uh, during the initial uh, pandemic. And I, I serve on the uh, board, the public library board here as well. And uh, I'm sure it was hard for a lot of people. A lot of people who didn't have internet access, uh, you know, children who needed materials, toddlers uh, who were missing out on story time. But again, public libraries are adaptable uh, for the uh, children that were missing story time, librarians would create videos of story time, put them up on YouTube. Uh, if you didn't have internet, uh, in some cases, um, we had people using the Wi-Fi in the, in the uh, parking lot with the uh, library as well. The idea of a library being a relic of the past, I think is total nonsense. Um, we still have a lot of uh, importance in today's society. I think we need to be a lot louder and prouder about that uh, as a profession. Well, if people want to find out more about the master's degree in library science program, how do they get in touch? Well, you're certainly more than welcome to email me, frank.lambert at mtsu.edu. Uh, and also our, uh, our website is filled with all sorts of information. And I'm, I'm more than happy to answer any questions for any prospective student who's thinking about uh, enrolling in the master's of library science program. That's terrific. Dr. Frank Lambert, we wish you well, and thank you for being our guest on MTSU on the Record. You're more than welcome, and thank you very much for having me. We'll be right back. The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research and progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. MTSU's Information Technology Division invested millions of dollars to equip classrooms with video recording technology to enable the fast switch to all remote learning last spring because of the pandemic. Albert Wittenberg, 
ITD's Assistant Vice President for Academic and Instructional Technologies, explains how this investment will have long-term benefits for students. This is kind of setting our classrooms up for the future to where even if we go back to every student being here, these lectures can still be recorded and students will then have the capability if there is a confusion or if there is a concern that they can go back and watch it as many times as they want. If there's a particular topic that they're just not quite getting, you know, and they're trying to figure it out at one o'clock in the night, well, obviously they can't call the professor, but yeah. they could watch that video, that one little clip of that part over and over and over again and, and hopefully figure it out or at least maybe know exactly what they need to ask the professor maybe the next day. That's MTSU on the record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.